Hey everyone, welcome to Pink Shade with Erin Martin. Mary Payne and I are here to do basically part two of the last recap you heard for 90 Day Fiancé. Season 7, new cast is upon us. We didn't talk about the previews for that. Quickly, uh, we got to point out Angela and Michael are back. We're not even going to speak of that for now, but mm, we'll have things to say. Blake Mm -hmm. and Jasmine are coming. Blake is from L.A., Jasmine is from Finland, and Mike from Washington and Natalie, 35, from Ukraine are coming too. We're going to meet them in future episodes. But we want to cover Love After Lockup, and I'm splitting this into a separate episode just for editing purposes. Usually these are jammed together in one long super episode, but it's just separated out for for me because I need it today. Okay? Also, it's... It's nice when you're in your podcast feed and you get a little extra thing and you're like, oh, another pink shade. Exciting. Oh, well, thank you. That's so nice. And we're going to talk about uh, what's coming up on Pain in the Pot at the end of this episode today, too. So listen for that. Also, we need to say that HeyBunky.com, I'm sorry, Patreon.com slash HeyBunky is where you find our bonus recaps. And just to be clear, we are recapping Below Deck right now. We are adding to that starting this week. Welcome to Plathville, because those goddamn cult members <laughs> living in M. Night Shyamalan's The Village are my jam, and Mary Payne is watching it too, and we are going to be talking about that shit every week. I already have many things to say. I've watched the early episode drop on uh, TLC On Demand, and uh, oh my god. Anyway, we're also going to cover- You know I'm always oh. trying to get my daughter to watch these shows with me, and so I said- so she's she's totally, totally not going to ever do 90 Day or Love After Lockup. So she sort of dips in and out of below deck. So today I said, hey, guess what? There's a brand new show, Welcome to Plathville. And I kind of explained to her what it was like. It looked like, like Aryan Nation, like, you know, culty cult. And she was like, no, those people sound weird. And I was like, exactly. That's the point. She was like, no, I'm scared of them. I don't want to watch that. Yeah, they Dang are it. weird. They are weird. I mean, that is the whole point. TLC does not give us things that are normal. They give us things that are weird. These people are cray cray, but there's people to root for on the show. Thank God. People who want to wear jeans and go out into the real world and escape the family compound. It's very exciting already, and I am rooting for a couple of these kids. Okay. So we will talk about that on Hey Bunky. And then later in the month, November 17th, Unpolished debuts on TLC. And we're going to add that to our Hey Bunky recaps, too. So head over there. What you do there in supporting us not only, you know, gives you extra content, which we love doing. It's one of our favorite things every week is doing these Hey Bunky episodes. But it also just keeps our regular podcast going. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Bunkies. And I also want to give another shout out, because this is a separate episode, to the new Pink Shade sponsors, Elizabeth M. and Terry M. Ladies, once again, your swag is coming. Okay, love after lockup. Let's talk about this week. This is going to be not a super long episode, but there was some shit that went down that we need to discuss. One of the main things that happened is we finally saw Jean get released. Okay. Is that where we're going to go first? Let's we're going to go it. with Let's just do it. Yes. Okay. I, I need to pull up the um the Muppet that I'm thinking of, the one that kind of looks like Donatella Versace with like the big lips and the little eyes. Yeah, you know that's what Lacey. Muppet... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. that's what Lacey looks like. Okay. Um Lacey aka the porn star because if I get one more person posting the pictures of her and <laughs> Shane in a full doggy style <laughs> fuck position, Excuse me. I'm so sorry. That is so awful. I'm sorry, Pink Shade listeners. It just came out. But it's really, really 
I don't need to see that in the words of Lisa Kudrow. I don't need to see that. I don't need to see that. I don't like that. I actually enjoy them and I love kind of zooming in on Shane's nipple situation, (laughs) which I still have many question marks about hanging over my head. What is happening with his one nipple? Someone needs I, to inspect this. It's kind of like my inspection of Scott's mouth hole. You got to get all up in there. You got to no. freeze Ooh. it. You got to enlarge. There's Ooh. like a tattoo or a rash or some combination <laughs> therein that's happening. Maybe. I think it's just like a, 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 a tattoo, but like some of the red portion is around his nipple. Whatever. It sounds painful. And now I'm like clenching my whole body. It's infected. Um, it's infected. Let's just <laughs> bottom line. Something Something is infected. And it's coming through <laughs> through the Instagram filters. But yeah, they're doing porn. They are all over the internet, making some money. They're probably the people who have profited most from this show, though. So yeah, know. hats off to them. Yeah. So she she they start the episode by she apologizes for uh, acting a fool the night before when he tried to propose in the Denny's or wherever they were IHOP, and she explains again that it was sort of an odd proposal, but she just you know, she appreciates it, but she can't accept the ring at this time, and he's just like putting his shoes on angrily, and she goes, "Are you mad?" And he says, "No, I ain't mad." And then they cut to him outside going, I am angry and frustrated. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So she's going to pick up Jean from prison who's being released. And she has obviously gotten over her parking lot meltdown where she was physically attacking Shane the night before. And so has he. But she's kicking Shane out because John, John, needs to parole to her house still. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yet, yeah. when he's released with his like little Ziploc bag of all of his belongings, the first thing she tells him after kissing him is that she is uh, she wants to be with Shane. <laughs> it's so stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it's so, yeah. So uh, what's his face? Shane is like, I'm going to come with you. And she's like, no, you're not. And so she's driving and she's saying you know, to the producer, like, I know that um, Shajan will also love my children. Like if they're his own, whether Marlo is his or not, like he's always going to love my children. So Shane, like a stalker, goes in a separate car and just waits on the sidelines for Shajan to be released. And we see Lacey saying, when John is bad, he's stealing my money and buying heroin and sending me texts that make me concerned for his safety. But if he could always be good and not bad, then we can make it work. Yeah, I was that's like, sort oh, of what? how addiction works. Okay, you know what I mean? It's like, Lacey, why are you so stupid? But again, she's someone making money, so I can't really shade her that hardcore. I know a lot of people hate her, but I'm like, she's kind of out there profiting from this in a way that... Not many of them are smart enough to do. Yeah, and they he so Sajan comes out. I just can't say John. I have to say Shajan. Sajan. So, so he comes out and um he says it feels good to be free. He's been in that jail for a year and they talk about the weather and they talk about how this is awkward. And she says to the camera, like, this is what I needed. Like I needed to see him in person to know that I have no feelings for him. And th- you know, I understand that. I I mean, th- th- listen. I'm saying I understand that. Like, I understand that seeing him, you know, like she needed to like see him in person and hug him and know like, okay, for sure it's over, you know? No, she just needed to see him in person so they could film this scene. I felt oh, bad for him, actually. I was like, why didn't he call his mom ahead of time? If, if I don't know. She should have given him a heads up and said, yeah. so John, 
I'm not going to be actually taking you home because we're going to be filming this scene. I'm going to be telling you that I'm going to stay with Shane, just like I kind of already told you over our little Skype session. But you need to call a backup plan. Meanwhile, Shane, did he hire an Uber or something? Who's driving him there? He's like lurking in the background somewhere. Previews for next week show him like fixing to maliciously wound someone. (laughs) He's going to take out one of those eyebrow piercings and stab him. No, he... He's going to rub that infected nipple all (laughs) up on somebody. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That makes me sick. Okay. He... um, No, he (laughs) is in a producer car for sure. He can't afford an Uber. So, um, he... You know, Shajan has a good point. He's like, why... What am I doing here? Like, you should have cut this off two months ago and... You know, and he has a good point. Like, why'd you even make me do this dumb shit? Like, I could have called my mom and had her sitting in the parking lot like Shane is. So she gives him the ring back, and he's like, I don't want that. And she goes, fine, I'll throw it in the trash. Yeah, well, that Kohl's ring already has, like, one of the diamond chips falling out of it, as we saw in the close-ups. I mean, it belongs in the trash. I feel bad for him. I don't know. Lacey, she's doing this for the show. This is not her seeing if she still has feelings. It's just dumb. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I, I feel bad for him. But then I remember that I think he's like a uh, abusive, horrible, you know, heroin addict that's been terrible to her. So maybe I don't feel that bad for him. But I think that to come out and kind of they're probably like, if you do this, we'll give you a thousand bucks. You know, exactly. I mean, feeling I'm, bad for people on Love After Lockup or 90 Day is all relative because at the end of it, you're like, they're all making terrible decisions with their lives so that you can't really feel pity for too many of them. But it's it's like all a relativity game because we are like, okay, compared to this asshole, I feel a little bit worse for this one. I just said that I understood why Lacey had to get him out of prison to hug him to say she didn't love him. I mean, I, clearly, mom, it's a skewed, it's a skewed situation. I know, I know. Okay, so who do you feel bad for in the Vince Amber puppy puppy's mom situation? Hmm, who do I feel bad for in that situation? I guess I feel the worst for Amber. Because she's out there on the outside trying to make this scam work. And she's the one that may actually be forced to give a blowjob she doesn't want to give. I agree with you. By her lesbian lover. Are, like, we, are we just like cold bitches? Because everybody feels bad for Vincent. I feel bad for Amber, even though she is completely conning him. Because she's out there like, I don't want to let this motherfucker within six feet of me. You don't understand how creepy he is. And puppy's like, just do it. Puppy's uh, like, I mean, you got to do something. Just give him a blowjob or something. She's like, I don't want to give this motherfucker a blowjob. I was like, okay. So, <laughs> I mean. Oh, my God. I die. Said, the best part of all of this is that she says Vince told her he was inventing something that would revolutionize the medical field. <laughs> what? I know. I know. I was, like, thinking of that. What is that woman's name who got arrested and all that shit? Oh, Elizabeth Holmes? Yeah, I was like, is this like the really psychotic, dumb Elizabeth Holmes? Theranos, yep. They basically, they kind of look the same. They both don't blink. They both talk creepy. They both breathe heavily. So yeah, Vince was going to invent something and they believed him and they thought, Puppy and Amber thought, okay, we can hook up with this guy. He can adopt some portion of us. (laughs) Who will get adopted and who will have to give the blowjob? Right. (laughs) Scissors, go. I know. And Amber got the shit end of the deal because she got out and she's got to pretend like she actually is interested in this dude. And he's all like, (sighs) (sighs) breathing on her, sitting too close to her on benches on smoke breaks. And then puppy's mom 
is actually encouraging them to be affectionate to each other. The best shot of this entire thing was Puppy's mom standing on the deck looking like Annabelle fucking returns. <laughs> she's like, uh, your mom is standing there and I don't know how long she's been listening. <laughs> yeah. You know she knows everything. She knows everything. She knows absolutely everything that's gone into this scam, don't you think? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, But I will say the most chilling moment, and there were lots of chilling moments, that when the producers were talking to Amber and they're like, so, like, you're not in love with Vince and everything you've been telling us is a lie. She, like, looks down at the ground, looks back up and goes, hold on. You thought I was in love with Vince? And then she said, puppy, and I thought this would be a good opportunity. Yeah, she's she's cold. She is a cold scammer. You know what? But Vince was in on the scam, too, in his own way. He's, like, telling them things. He's adopting them. I mean, he is a weirdo, too. Not that he deserves to be scammed, but he wasn't on the up and up either. But what's his medical invention? I need to know. I need to know, too. It's something to um, help you blink, perhaps. It's, it's revolutionary. I need to know what it is. It's Will revolutionary. Will it help me some way? I need to know. Oh, my God. These three. I want to meet Puppy. I don't think we're going to. Again, we have no idea how long this season is. We don't know if it'll ever end. We d- it might go till 2020 for all we know. We have no <laughs> fucking idea when these seasons end. But Puppy's getting out in two months during filming of this week's footage, right? Wasn't it if two she, months? If she, if she acts right in prison, she'll get out in two months. But if she keeps... Uh, yeah. But, I mean, that would be the best. The best would be if they... If Puppy gets out, and then we get to see all of that, and then we get to see this uh, trio continue on on Life After Lockup. I would like to see it. I would like to see it. You know who I don't really want to see anymore at all are are Daniel and Lizzie. Now, we only saw Daniel and Mother Teresa this week at that sad little jewelry store buying the sad little promise ring, which is really... That jewelry store wasn't sad. uh, The guy's fingers were so dirty. Ew. When he was holding up the rings, I was like, go washeth your hands. Ew, I didn't see that. Okay, it wasn't as sad as some of them, I agree. But the whole experience of just seeing that guy's dirty fucking fingers holding those rings, I was like, oh my God. And so they, he doesn't need to be buying a ring. Daniel doesn't need to be buying anything. He doesn't have a job. His mother is struggling. I mean, let her keep her money for more useful things like groceries. And he is also duping his mom because he's saying, oh, I'm just getting her a promise ring. But really, it's an engagement ring because he's going to ask Lizzie to marry him later that night. Yeah, his budget is $120. So the jeweler is like, okay, I'm going to show you this and that. It's about 500 And they're like, move down. So they move down one scooch. And then he's like, okay, let me show you all this. And he showed, these are about 350 Move down one scooch. They move down one more. And they're like, well, now we're at the end of the store where we keep the scraps. So um, here's a little tiny ring with a heart and a diamond for $200. And this is weird editing because sometimes Teresa's sitting and sometimes she's standing and he looks up at her like, can I get it, mommy? Can I get the $200 ring? And so she says, um, yep. And she says to the camera, I would never be helping him if it was an engagement ring, but it's a promise ring and that's nice. They can show commitment to each other. And that's nice. Is, is, is promise ring a thing? I'm telling you what, these shit shows, these sharp entertainment shit shows are bringing back the promise ring in a big I mean, way. Cause well, nobody we did does see, this. Craig gave Naomi one on Southern charm, but this was, that was like a beautiful ornate, like antique ring. So we did see it on That's Southern Charm, right. and 
I mean, promise ring to me is something you give like your senior in college boyfriend, girlfriend to buy you a couple of years before you have to get married. In 1957, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That is exactly what you did. But this shit doesn't exist. I mean, it, if you guys are doing promise rings out there, let us know because I, I really, truly don't know one person in my life or that I've seen on TV other than these TLC We TV shows that deal in promise rings. And you're right. Craig and Naomi did do that, but that was a little bit different. Also, Craig is a loser who didn't have a job back then. So he kind of fits this mold. Good point. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, these two, whatever. Glorietta and Alex have a new player in their scenes this week, and her name is Juliana. She has beautiful teeth, beautiful skin. Her body's banging. She's sober. She calls Alex out on all of his bullshit, and she totally does not belong on this show. Yeah, I'd say so. We'll never see her again because she's too normal. Never. Um, speaking of somebody that, you know, we were talking earlier about um, what's his face from Florida with the Dominican girlfriend on uh, 90 Day. Robert, sorry, took me a second. Um, this uh, Cato and Alex are also very much stuck in the like late 80s, early 90s. You know, totally. yeah, Alex goes to tell Cato, his homeboy about Juliana and, and he's like Cato says you're supposed to marry this other girl you gotta go feel your oats like, okay are we and Amish then, what's happening what is what? this rum and Alex, I gotta feel my oats not sow them feel them and Alex says you know look I want to be sure I don't want to catch no feelings for her and then I'm gonna chuck up the deuce to her I rewound that three times. I'm like, what does chuck up the deuce to her mean? But then when he threw up like the two fingers, like see ya, then I was like, oh, okay. I haven't heard that since, you know, I don't know what, Sir Mix-a-Lot. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> since P. Diddy was named P. Diddy. Yeah. And this is so weird what a throwback a lot of these people are, but it's, maybe it's because they're all kind of in that stunted, like been in prison for so long. Yeah. They st- remember when Lamar came out and he was of Andrea and Lamar in Utah. Yeah. And he was like, Whoa, flat screen TV robot card for the hotel room door. What? <laughs> it was like Encino man, but he had been in prison for like 20 something years, 20 something years. Exactly. Like he went in prison when fresh Prince was still in the air. So I get it. But this guy also is a throwback. He's very, yeah. very, yeah. Cato is too, though. And Cato seems like he's been free for maybe a minute. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, he does meet bar, up. Why doesn't Alex grow a beard to cover those jizz tattoos? Because he's got, like, facial hair, but he just doesn't have it specifically over the jizz tattoos. It would look a lot better. Maybe he likes them. I think he likes to let people know, like, I've been through some stuff. I've been through some um, shit, as you can see on my lip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kind of like Darcy, but not. (sighs) Stop. Okay. All right. So Alex says, you know, he really does respect Glorietta and she's just really been there for him. And this is something we see a lot on Love After Lockup where, you know, they get out and they're like, I don't, wouldn't really choose this person, but they've been there for me. And um, anyway, we see her telling the um, producer, like, Alexander has a sexy body. And producer says, oh, you have a lot of tattoos of women. And then this is when he has, shows the lips on his chest that we get a close-up of in his shaved chest that he, like the prickly hairs growing in. Half-shaved. Yes, half-shaved. These lips are from someone who can't be named. And Gloria, Gloria asks, like, oh, okay, so this is great. So we have sex. I've got to look at these pictures of these other women. Okay, that's great. So where's my tattoo going to be? And he says, 
you have to earn a spot. And she goes, um, you aren't marrying or having any children with these girls, but I have to earn my spot. Okay. Duly noted. I'm like, she just put that in her bank of things she's going to think of when she's stabbing him. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be like Glorietta with like the psycho look on her face, holding all those damn balloons on the right in the middle of his back. Her tattoo is going to be the creepiest. It would be perfect. And what if the balloons like wrapped around and came drip down his shoulder like with blood? Oh, my God. I was dying when she was at that really fancy bridal shop, though, which uh, obviously was sort of like a Lizzie and Scott moment when she was in the one in Madison that I know what shop she was in. Very fancy. It was just for filming. I mean, they're never going to buy dresses from these places. So Glorietta's in there and she's like, I want uh, a mermaid gown and some accessories, for example, veils. <laughs> I wrote that down too. I'm I'm interested in a mermaid type of gown and a train and some accessories like the train and the veil. And I was like, oh my God, I, I think these people know what they're doing and they would get you a veil. Like you have to tell them. But she does like to say, for example. Somebody told her to put for example in the middle of her sentences to just stretch out her thought. And she really uses that crutch. And you know what, Glorietta, go ahead. Go ahead with your, like, couple of brain cells. Just keep doing whatever you're doing. This is not a good style for dress for her. Mm-mm. She she does not have any type of a bad body or anything like that. And there are lots of dresses that would be more flattering. But I think sometimes people get in their mind, like, I want this mermaid style, and then you can't get it out of your mind. And what you should do is go into these places and have them tell you, like, okay, I know you want mermaid, but try these four things on because I think that they're you're going to like the way they look on your body better because they're experts. I wish but- someone would have told me that when I got my dress because I have regrets because I was like, oh, I want one of those sheath, you know, like uh, Caroline Kennedy. Yeah. You know, really just like simple, no embellishments, you know, halter neck, da, 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 which is what I got. And no amount of force banks underneath can like handle that situation unless you're a size zero, which I was not. And so I wish someone would have looked at me and been like, you know what? Maybe you want the cinched in waist with the poof at the bottom and you're going to be a little bit more comfortable with your backside while you're standing up there at the altar. Because somebody has to advise you. You have something in your mind, but it's not necessarily your best look. Yeah. And I think that they were trying to show her these different mermaid dresses and she tried a couple and she keeps going like, I love the way this looks up here, up here. I'm like, you may like the way it looks on the top, but it is not great for your body shape. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Exactly. But- Mine looks great at the top too. <laughs> if all of my her wedding pictures are from waist up, were great. Um, so she... So Alex goes to meet Juliana, like you said. I said, she's beautiful. She's sober. She has a great smile. Why is she on the show? Exactly. And she basically tells him the whole time, like, you're a scammer. You're scamming this bitch. If you think I'm going to be your side chick, think again. And he looks like he is talking to Cindy Crawford circa, again, 1995. I mean, he is, like, in awe of her. Uh Uh-huh. And he should be because she's a sober person who's worked on herself. She's uh, been in rehab and she says she doesn't associate with the people in her former lifestyle anymore. And he is literally, I wrote, sipping coffee and looking longingly at her. And he, but he does tell Juliana about the fiance and she's like, are you kidding? And he does admit like they all do. At first it was about uh, fin- financially a good opportunity. And she says, you know, he just can't be alone. And she says, and I love this. I am no runner-up, I am no homewrecker, and I don't start things with unavailable men. I know. And he's and she, she also says, which I loved, if he thinks he's going to break up with her and use me as an excuse, he can think again. 
Yeah, so now we go back to uh, <laughs> to Glorietta, who's found this dress that she loves, and she goes, now I need to work on my vows, and I don't have to worry about Alexander working on his vows, because we are soulmates, and love prevails. <laughs> While he's holding hands with another girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Juliana is an example of one, sobriety is a beautiful thing if for people who need it. And she is an example of someone who's working for, so I applaud her. Number two, someone who shows us that not getting a face tattoo during your dark drug slash prison days is a good move. Because later on, if you want to live a different life, you can. I would like to make a note about the Jizz tattoos that from several people, we have had confirmation from people that they knew that have been in prison that that is, in fact, what they are. Uh, I think so, too. And there was a very long explanation posted on the Hey Bunky Facebook page at one point that I read through, and it was so disturbing. And uh, who knows how he got those, if those were forced upon him, if he chose them, whatever. But, you know, there are some other people on this show who've chosen to get the tattoos, like Daniel. And uh, again, Juliana, even though during her dark days, whatever she did, she probably regrets she doesn't have to regret a face tattoo. I'm just saying, Mm -mm, like, go mm -mm. through what you're going through, people. Just avoid the face tattooing. Okay, so let's talk about, lastly, Angela and her crotch rocket and asshole (laughs) Tony. So we go to Angela and her wayward tooth, and she says she broke up with Tony four months ago. He was charged with escape from the halfway house, and he had to go back for a couple of weeks, and so he's back in the halfway house. (laughs) Now, I have cut off communication, and I even stopped sending him money. My heart wants to let him in, but my mind says no. Now, look, Donna Faye comes over, and you, you understand that Donna Faye is like Mary Payne, right? It's, yep. two, it's, a, two it's a double. It's a double. Okay. So Donna Faye comes over, and she says, are you worried like this is your last chance because of your age? I mean, don't be a dumbass. Don't be so stupid that you don't see it coming. It's there. It's happened before. She's like, it's all romance and flowers before you're with them. And then afterwards, it's beer guts and farting. Uh, listen, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. She is not wrong. Donna Fay for the win. Also, do, do we can we acknowledge that Tony also has his southern name now? Because he's asshole Tony. <laughs> so um, Donna Fay also has another very, very disturbing comment and that she says, if he's playing a game with my sister, I'm going to hunt him down and skin him like the dog he is. I was like, oh, do we skin dogs? Like, what? Donna Fay would do all of that shit. Dogs, yeah. people. I know. I know. I love Angela's friends and I want to see them. The one, her sister, the other one who was at the bridal mm-hmm. shop. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Did you notice Angela's voice has recovered a little bit? Not completely, but it's not anywhere near where it was when she was on the hunt. It's been four months. It's been four months. She's had some time to do a little uh, vocal rehab. So she's working on the motorcycle that she bought for Tony. And she's working on it. She's talking about she got this for him because when he gets out, he loves motorcycles. And I just wrote, why didn't she use that motorcycle money for her teeth? Like, I'm not even kidding. I know. just, Just think about how much better she would look if she fixed those teeth. Look at, she could score up a guy in prison any day of the week. She doesn't need to fix that tooth. Um, and okay. she even has Tommy waiting in the wings. She has a string of I guys. Know. Some of us can't I even know. get a text back. And Angela's got like a string of dudes. That's true. Tommy does love her uh, crazy teeth or not. So she says he's getting out of this halfway house again in a week. 
so he wants to know, can he come to her? Can he come to her house? And she was like, he just might need an address to parole to. And I just can't trust his words. So he says, give me another shot. I love you. I want to get married. I know I messed up. I was self-destructive, blah, 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 blah. Same old, same old, same old. Seems like this is his pattern. And she says, you know, the thing with the other girl, Michelle slash Michael, we don't know, was too much for her. And she says, you know, maybe he can't just be with one girl. He used to tell me I was his favorite flower in the garden. But, like, there's more flowers? <laughs> I was like, what is happening? What? And then she's like, all right, I'll talk to you later. How do you do that? She takes off on the crotch rocket. I'm like, that is me picking you up at the airport this Friday. If I had one of those motorcycles, you know, I re- Angela riding that thing over to pick your ass up. But I do not. I'll be picking you up in an SUV. We've seen so many pictures of her in short shorts and those boots in that motorcycle in that same outfit. And I wonder if it was that day of filming and like Donna Faye was there and she's like, listen, while I got my makeup done and everything, go ahead and take some pictures of my ass sticking out on this motorcycle. Cause we've seen so many of them. It was the same day. She loves it. I love her and Donna Faye. I want Donna Faye to be there when Tony's released along with Marge Simpson's other sisters. Hashtag her friends. And her, her friend, isn't her friend named Donna, the one that was in prison. With the know. blonde hair that looks like she could be running the bake sale, but she used to be in prison. I, I don't know. I don't know what she's named, but I want her there. I want her there and accounted for and Angela's sister. Yeah, I like both of them. They all have threatened to beat Tony up and they can all do it single handedly. Mm-hmm. Although she won't allow them to do that. It looks like Tommy questions her next week. When Tony gets out, it looks like they all sit down together at some kind of IHOP. I mean, I don't know if blowjobs are offered at stakes again, but Tommy comes back into the picture. Yeah, I think she learned her mistake on that offering the blowjob too soon. She'll hold off to at least the second day. And they're back together somehow. He's back out of prison. I'm like, how long did they, did they film this thing for three years? Like, how long? He was in prison. He was out of prison. Then he escaped. And then he's back at the halfway house. And also, I think it's very odd that he escaped from the halfway house. And his only punishment is to go back to the halfway house for a couple of months. Yeah, I don't really get it. I don't think we're getting the truth out of a lot of this, someone had posted on Hey Bunky, our Patreon Facebook group before that there, it, from the Love After Lockup Savage group, I think, on Facebook, which has much more deep diving going on than we do. We just basically cover the stories that we see on our screens. But but that this was like a lot of it was a ruse. It was filmed for way longer. They were together. He actually had left her immediately when he was released from prison. But they said it was a halfway house escape. The whole mm. U.S. Marshal thing was sort of fudged. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. We're just following what they show us as edited footage on this TV show. But I feel like their story is a biopic that will never end. And again, we don't know when the season ends. So this could continue for another two years. Okay, I have a question. You said biopic. I always thought it was pronounced biopic. But lately, when I hear people, they say biopic. What? Biopic. Like a biography picture, biopic, but I thought it was biopic, like myopic. I thought it was biopic too. I've always said that, and I could be saying it wrong because I was known to say years ago, efficantio instead of aficionado. <laughs> and I said this as a fucking English, English teacher. I mean, like, I had a brain problem with that word. You know, I have a very bad, hard time pronouncing S W O R D. 
so did Jenny McCarthy's friends on BFF Friday. Do you say sword? Sword. It's sword. It's sword. It's very hard. I have to really think of it to say sword. You just pretend like the to... W isn't there. I know, but it's hard. My instinct is to say sword. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm, I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to change. Well, you can keep saying sword. I will continue to say biopic. I mean, you guys let us know what you say. I think it's biopic. Uh, well, I heard a person on like, you know, like a Radio Andy interview or something that was a, like a Julie Andrews or I mean, somebody talking about a movie. And they said, uh, Julie Andrews comes to mind because she was on yesterday. But it, somebody talking about a movie and they're like, oh, this biopic. And then somebody else later in the same interview said something about that's going to be an amazing biopic, meaning like Elton John's story or the, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. And they were saying biopic. And I was like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I've been saying it wrong the whole time, like sword. I mean, we can be more embarrassed that we're watching this show than we're saying biopic Great. wrong Great. or sword. Yeah, we're watching Angela talk about asshole Tony and talk to Fannie Mae or whatever the fuck, Donna Faye. <laughs> Fannie Mae. About what's in my heart. <laughs> so there That's are plenty point. of things to be embarrassed about in our That's lives true. that are way, way, way lower down. So, okay, tell people what's going on. I'm pain in the pod this coming week. Okay, so this week I have John Hill. So a lot of you know John Hill. He's on Radio Andy as Andy Cohen's co-host, and he also has a show called The Feels. And, of course, he does the Helvetica stuff that he's promised he's going to send me a Helvetica and that he's going to roast me and be very mean. So I'm looking forward to that. And I was like, I'm very um, fragile. Please don't be too mean. Now that he's met me in person, like I'm afraid he's going to be like, you have a double chin, you have a fat ass, like I'm terrified. Um but anyway, we talked about the ballad of Billy Balls because once I badger somebody enough that they will not come on my podcast, not because they're refusing, but because just like they can't get back to me or they're too busy, then I just start getting other people to help me review their podcast. So he had, yeah, so I thought he was a great candidate because, of course, he's um, been on Broadway and he's, you know, lived in New York a long time. And this uh, this podcast lent itself a lot to talking about uh, the stage moms and all that kind of stuff, the ballad of Billy Ball. So we talked about that. Then I have him on Patreon where I asked him some more questions about like Radio Andy and stuff like that. And that was great. I got to like see him in person and he is maybe one of the most handsome people I've ever seen in person in my life. Um, I was like, oh, he glows. And uh, then the next week I have Man in the Window, which was the podcast about the Golden State Killer done by Paige St. John of the LA Times. That was an amazing podcast. I listened to that whole thing. It was terrified and it was really well done, especially talking about victims of rape. I mean, Mm -hmm. not to say, God, it's murder eventually, but very well done podcast. I'm glad you're talking to them. Yeah, she came at it from a different angle, you know, she mostly did. about the victims and also a lot of the male victims, and you know, who won't come forward, but they were victimized as well. Um, the ones that lived, you know, were tortured terribly while their wife or girlfriend or sometimes child is being like raped in the other room. I mean, horrible. So she talked to a lot of these men and couples that are still together after, you know, they were attacked by him. And I, 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 she's a fascinating person. She lives somewhere in Northern California where there's like, fires all the time and she covers fires and her when she talked to me she had not had power for a week she's like well I'm in my tundra and I go down to the bottom of this hill where I have great service and I'm just recording in my car I was like what's happening oh my god wow I hope she's okay 
this is just her life. She's very much like, well, the only problem is I got to get, you know, water for the horses. And she's just very much like pioneer woman. Wow. That's not me. Mm -mm. I was like, you haven't had, I I hadn't had power in sometimes in like 20 minutes. I'm like, that's it. We're going to the Ritz Carlton. Mommy can't take it. We haven't had power for 20 minutes. Everybody load up. We're leaving. (laughs) Where's the Wi-Fi? The password isn't working. (laughs) Oh my God, you guys. Well, go follow at Pain in the Pod or Mary Pain 2 on all social media. You can follow me at Erin Leah Martin on all social media. You can follow at Hey Bunky on Instagram, which is our Patreon Hey Bunky account. And find everything you need to know about the meetup there. That's where we'll be posting Instagram videos and whatever we can come up with for our Bunky meetup this Friday night. We're so oh excited gosh, about it. It's going to be so fun. I know. I know. And thank you guys for supporting us on our Patreons. Um, we tell you all the time how much it means to us. It really does. It keeps us going in a way that uh, sponsorships just do not, even though we appreciate our sponsors. We love our sponsors and we appreciate you listening to our podcasts that come out on your regular feeds every week. The Patreon sponsorship is really our lifeblood. So thank you guys. You can go to patreon.com slash Hey or pink shade or pain in the pot to support us anyway there. And if you are not a Patreon member, just sharing our regular podcasts with people that, you know, leaving us a five-star review on Apple podcasts to outweigh any of the trolls that, you know, we who cover these shows tend to get. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff really, really helps too. And that's something you can do for free to support us. And we so appreciate it. We are just here to talk about trash TV and make the world a little bit lighter by making <laughs> fun of those who are making worse decisions than us. Right. So love you guys. We'll talk to you soon and can't wait to see some of you this Friday night. Can't wait. 